Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Piercing the door. It's time for a big blue kickoff live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17 14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. All right. How you doing, everyone? Welcome once again to Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com and the Giants app. I'm Russ Salzberg, along with my colleague and good buddy, Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino. At the controls is Pearson Butler. And, of course, you, the fans, you're the most important people. You're here with us. The number to call, 201-939-4513. That's 201-939-4513. And as I've been saying the last couple of weeks... I allude to what Coach Parcell said there. Nobody can tell you you didn't do it because you did it. And this week, the Giants have a chance to did it. They got a chance. Win and you're in. It's as simple as that. You know, now we don't have to worry about, as Paul and I would do during the year sometimes, permutations and combinations. It is cut and dry. Can't get any more simpler than that. Win this week and you're in. Big Blue is in. Just take care of business at the Colts, and that's all she wrote. And then you worry what's going on in the postseason. Am I right, Paulie? That's right. And to be honest with you, I think it's some encouraging news on the injury front today as well. Adoree Jackson will be limited at practice. That's the first time he's even been able to do any of the actual snaps since he originally sprained his knee. So that's good news. Uh, also, we've been told that uh, Aziz Ojolari coming off the uh, ankle sprain the other day in Minnesota is also going to be limited today. So this does give both of these guys the possibility of being available for the Colts game. Uh, they're going to give Dexter Lawrence a Veterans Day off. Leonard Williams, uh, you know, he's been nicked up a little bit. He's going to be limited today, but I wouldn't worry about his status for Sunday. Uh, Xavier McKinney. Uh, is not working yet. Again, the hand situation just not allowing him to work. And and coach said that when he does eventually come back, whenever that is, and they're leaving it open, he's going to have to probably wear a club on his hand. And then the last item is that Shane Lemieux is going injured reserve. He's got that uh, foot slash toe injury, so the Giants will have to add someone else to the fifty-three. Well, you you know what, Paul? That's all fine and dandy, but I'm not worried about the guys we don't have. I'm just concerned about the guys that we do have. And the guys that we do have is what we had last week. And I'm seeing things that I hadn't seen. Last week, watching the game, unfortunately, uh, you know, winding up in a loss in Minnesota. And, of course, you were there. But I w- it was the first time 
the this entire season, the first time this entire season that I have actually felt confident in that Daniel Jones had a receiving core to throw to, had, had a receiving core that was making things happen. And that's not to knock about the guys who were there because they've been doing a yeoman's job as best as they can. But listen, you look up, you know, Isaiah Hodgson's is a guy, and, and as Parcells always used to say to us, let's not put him in Canton just yet. But Hodgson's is a guy whose first couple of years in Buffalo, uh, you know, injuries, you know, were one thing, and then being behind guys like uh, Diggs is another. But he can play. Not only can he play, he can play with an attitude, with a chip on his shoulder. And I just feel he's given me uh, an air of confidence that I haven't felt in the receiving core all season long. And again, that's not, not knocking Darius Slayton or, or anybody else. But I just think, that, and it showed. It, it showed the way, you know, Daniel was coming back. I, I mean, uh, so again, there are no moral victories I just feel what I got to see last week gives me confidence to what I see going into Sunday's game uh, against the Colts at MetLife Stadium. MetLife Stadium should be a rock and raucous place with so much on the line, so much at stake. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm confident about what the offense can do now more so than I had been in the past. Well, they scored 24 points against Minnesota. Uh, they put up 440-something yards, which was this season high. Daniel Jones threw for over 300 yards for the second time this season. They spread the ball around. They got Barkley more involved in the passing game, which we've been begging for for a long time. So, yeah, I I could see why you felt buoyed by that game. I, I felt better about the team after the loss than I did the week earlier. I'll tell you that. Uh, I, I do think that, you know, it would be very helpful if Jackson and Ojolari can play. I do think the Colts right now are a hot mess. I watched their game against the Chargers on Monday night. They look like a four-win football team that's probably just dragging their butts trying to get to the end of the season so that they can go home. You need to make them feel that way even more come Sunday. And do it right away. Jump on them and punish them in the first half and make them want to get on the bus. That's what you need to do so that they you take any fight or pride that they have out of that body by halftime so that they don't hang around and don't accidentally steal something from you. That, that's that's got to be the Giants' mentality. They, they need to hammer this game home hard and early so that the Colts become basically a dead horse by halftime. I, I, I think... You know they haven't played, you know, uh, haven't had a lot of those games this year. But I think, yeah, really. I, I think the attitude is. But you got to do it. Listen, uh, as Brian Dable likes to say, it's this week that counts. Whether you know he doesn't want to use the P word for playoffs, it's this week that counts. You want to be one to know after this week. But if you want to know after this week, that means you're in the playoffs. Yeah. So there's a great deal at stake. Let's make it clear. We talk about it, and I love to refer to Parcells' paths to victory. Well, if you look at the Colts and you say, okay, what are their strengths? Who are, who are the guys you got to worry about for them? On offense, it's Michael Pittman, the former USC wide receiver who's among the top 10 wide receivers in the National Football League. He's legit. 
Pierce is their other receiver who's averaging over 15 yards a catch. Doesn't have a ton of catches, but is a deep threat for them. That's their weaponry on offense. The offensive line is a mess. They gave up seven sacks and seven tackles for a loss the other night against the Chargers. They have really had their difficulties in pass protection. It's been horrible. Uh, They've thrown 17 interceptions as a team, which is tied for the most in the National Football League. Taylor's out for the season. They're all world running back. So now, you know, they're down to Moss, basically, as their lead back. And the Giants people know him from Buffalo. So offensively, there's not a lot of headache there, okay? There's just not. Even Quentin Nelson isn't playing that well. Defensively, well, now that's a different story. Their front four, they're not going to stunt a lot. They're not going to blitz a lot. But their front four, which includes the likes of Pei, Ngakwe, Buckner, those guys can play. That, that front four can be sometimes stout against the run, but certainly can get after the quarterback, okay? They're linebackers, not very physical, not very powerful, but they've got some athleticism and they've got some speed and range. But again, nothing to really write home about. Their secondary, well, Stephon Gilmore is playing terrific football as he has for the better part of a decade. He's a very good player, Russ. You'll remember him with Buffalo and with the Patriots, then with Carolina, and now with Indianapolis. He is a terrific cover corner. But here's the thing. You don't have to throw at him because the rest of their secondary is not very good. They play a ton of zone, and they play a ton of soft coverage. So to be frank with you, outside of the front four, if you can handle your business on the line of scrimmage, their defense is not that much to write home about. I know their rankings are, you know, maybe show a little bit better than that. Let's see. They're seventh and third down percentage. Uh, they're 11th in average yards per game. This is all about making sure that you stay ahead of the chains because you don't want to give their front four a chance to, to cause you trouble. That's it. Just, just handle your business on the line of scrimmage. You don't have to throw at Gilmore, and you can do whatever you want to do against this team. I, I think that is the key message, Paulie. Handle your business. Those three words, I think that's, that's what the coaching staff tells the players. Handle your business, and the rest will take care of itself. 201-939-4513 is the number. You're here with Russ Salzberg and Paulie Dots, Paul Dottino. Let's open up the phone lines, and let's go to uh, D.C. and check in with Alan. Hello, Alan. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, how you guys doing? I want to wish you guys a happy holidays and a happy new you year. You too. You too, buddy. Uh, and, um, you know, um, the Giants definitely have given me something to cheer for this season, so I can't be uh, you know, upset about that. And, you know, it's nice to be in the playoff picture. Um, yeah, and we're not, we haven't clicked it yet, but we're, we're on the cusp of that, so it's nice to have that. Um, you know, a lot of people are kind of down on Daniel Jones a little bit because he's, he's not like, you know, that fantasy type quarterback. Uh, but I, I, you know what, Alan, do us a favor, buddy. Give us a call back uh, and we'll put you right up. It's, uh, it sounded like you had questions that we want to talk about, but uh, it was just a bad connection. So give us a call back and I promise you, we will uh, get you back up in the meantime. Let's see who else is on the line. Let's go to, uh, uh, Trenton, and check in with Big. Hey, Big, you're on with Russ uh, and Paul. Hey, hey, Russ, hey, Paul. Happy holidays to you. You too. You too, you buddy. Thank you. I appreciate it. I just got to um, – so I watched the game. I recorded the game, right, and I watched it numerous times, right? And um, I want to know, like, 
from a quarterback's perspective, I always thought that um, like it was an innate thing to maneuver or to navigate inside the pocket, and I didn't, I didn't think Jones had it in him. But watching that game over and over, I didn't see. I've never seen him navigate the pocket the way he did, like moving to the left, to the right. And it just, to me, it was just one of his best games that I've personally seen him out and through his first four four years. Like it was, it was just, it was to me, it was just masterful how he navigated the pocket with sliding to the left, sliding to the right, moving up, moving back. It's just I didn't see that in him prior to that, not as much, but. Well, well, that game, you, you, I noticed it more. You, you know you, what I mean? You, you know what, Big? You didn't see it as much in uh, previous years because in previous years, uh, you know, with uh, an offensive line that was depleted, and I'll let Paul take it from there, he was running for Absolutely. his life. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, listen, Paul and I would just you've, – you've heard us, if you've been listening all season long, Daniel, f- from, from the first month of the season to where he is now – he has secured his position with the Giants. I agree. This year, agree next 100%. year, and for years after that. Paulie? I will add that they, they really worked hard on his mobility and escapability during the course of training camp. I was here every day, and I watched it. And I tried mm-hmm. to tell people that you're going to see Jones be more effective on the move than he had been in the past. Dable, obviously... Had uh, that dude up in Buffalo, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> so so he knows what it's like to have a quarterback who can extend plays and, and survive a pass rush. And so yeah. when he got here, he thought that Daniel had that capability, but he wanted to polish it up. And he worked on it very, very hard with the quarterback and continued to work on it during the season. And it's ironic that one of the writers just asked Dable about that today and said, you know, how much did you really help and how much did he improve his movement in, in the backfield? And Dable said, there's no doubt he's improved it. And that was a very big key. And one of the reasons, let's not kid ourselves, it was one of the reasons that Brian Dable was a great candidate for this job. Absolutely. I I, I just, I, I see real progress from Jones this year. I just love the way he really manipulated the pocket on uh, Saturday. And I just want to say I enjoyed listening to the show, but listening to the, um, from the very start. And y'all have a happy holidays and um, go Giants. All right. Happy New Year. Thank you, Big. Y- y- you know, uh, Paul, uh, and I kind of alluded it to you a little while ago before we were going on the air. You know, I remember uh, Pat Shermer's last season here. And uh, I remember him distinctly, distinctly saying to me, it, it, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He said, Russ, w-, you know, and that's when the heat was coming down. And he, he Three pre- years ago. Yeah, he, he pretty well knew the handwriting was on the wall that, that he wasn't going to last. And he said to me, watch what's going to be in a few years. You're going to have one of the best young tandems of quarterback running backs in the league, in Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And you know what? And he said to me, a lot of people are going to be envious of what the Giants have in those two guys. And I don't think he was off the mark. No. I don't think he was off the mark. And I think now it's only going to get better. Uh, Again, you know, Paul and I were talking. Well, you got to keep them first. Well, (laughs) I don't think that's – what I say before, if, ends, or buts, I don't think there's any ifs, ands, or buts about either one. 
Oh, no. I think the organization wants to keep both of them, and it's a matter of those it, players now making sure that they can come to terms. It, it, you you want to know what? Negotiations and business is business. Both of those guys will, will be back here. I think so, here. too. Both of those I think guys so too. Will, will be back here. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's now go to Alex in Syracuse. Hello, Alex. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, Russ and Paul. Thanks for having me on. Always a privilege. Special honor to talk to you two guys. Great to have you. Thank you. Today. Thank you. Uh, hey, I just got a quick shout-out and then two quick questions for you. Um, plenty of praise to go around this year, right? I mean, I think this team has performed above a lot of expectations, and I think there's lots of praise to go around for that. Uh, one person I want to shout-out, my guy Joe Shane. I mean, I think there's, you know, it's easy to talk about the players in this league, head coaches, coordinators, but you got to remember, Joe Shane is the first guy to come into this building earlier this year. He brings in Dable. He inherits a terrible cap. He inherits a team that was defeated, I think, in a lot of ways. Bad culture. And, I mean, so quickly, I look at a lot of the moves that he made that maybe on paper don't look incredible, like guys like Feliciano, Hodgins you were talking about last, right? Those guys aren't maybe guys people are writing a lot about, but those are big moves that change the culture in this building and I think carry this team to where we are now. Uh, and I don't know, you know, I don't think Shane's name gets enough love, and so I wanted to throw out, Big props to that guy. I think it's huge that he's here. Um, and I think moving forward, knowing that he's at the helm, we have a lot to look forward to. Well, um, so I, I, in, I, let me just say this, ahead. Alex. and It's like you were sitting in a conversation with Paul and myself prior to us coming on. We were talking about, well, honest to God, we, I said to Paul, wait till we see, wait till everybody gets to see, which Shane had to come in and, and fix things. When I say fix, he had yeah. to deal with the cap. That was a mess. He had to deal with a yeah. lot of things. And now, excuse me, he's going to go in next season. Well, you know, that's going to be his second draft. But now he's mm-hmm. going to have what to work with. I think you're going to see big differences. And don't forget, what the main thing that he did was bring in a head coach by the name of Brian Dable. I right. think it's important to understand one thing, too. The foundational players that were left over from the previous regime all improved under this coaching staff. And, yep. and I still believe that the coaching staffs of the previous uh, two roundabout situations here did not nearly do enough to improve the young talent that was on this team. And now we're getting a look at how good Jones and Barkley and McKinney and Andrew Thomas and all these other fellas, Julian Love, how great is it that the Giants have those guys? How great is it that Nick Gates... You know, came came off as an unrestricted, un- undrafted rookie free agent. Undrafted. You know, so let let's let's not forget some of the leftover players who were here from from the previous GM, who are now foundational players for this squad, and and I give this coaching staff credit for maximizing those guys because without them, uh, you would not be looking at a team that has a shot at the playoffs. No, very good Absolutely. point. Absolutely. And the way that, you know, the way that they've gotten these guys that were third string guys, practice squad guys, and this culture of competition to step up and play, like I said, kind of above all their pay grade, I think you can't say enough about this coaching staff. And again, like I said, I think in a lot of ways, for me, that starts with, with Joe Shane, which leads me into my two quick questions for you, too. Um, I'm just curious. I was thinking about this today. Out of all of the free agents, not, let's not talk about draft because I think it's sort of separate. I think not give people credit for that, but just of the free agent guys that they brought in this year, my first question is, who do you think has made the biggest impact out of all those guys? And then my second question is, for, especially for you two guys, I, I'm 35. I've been a Giants fan my whole life. I've been trying to think back to 
the last time that I can say that the Giants were one of those like elite teams, like one of those teams that you expect to go not just win a game potentially, but to like kind of dominate, right? One of those like the Bills now, the Chiefs, where they go and you kind of just expect them to win and win big. And I'm, I would love for you guys, especially, to tell me when was the last time uh, that the Giants were sort of of that caliber, and is it unfair for me now, having looked at this year and saying all the stuff we just said? Is it unfair for me to get optimistic and think maybe in a few years, right, with a few more years under this administration, that we could be looking at a team that's maybe of that kind of caliber because it starts to feel to me that way. I have that kind of optimism uh, about this, that team, and I'm going to take it off air, but go Giants. Let's clinch these playoffs, and thank you to you two again for, for the time. All right, Alex, thank you. I mean, as far as true contender, you'd have to go back to Coughlin's teams. Yeah. The, the 2011 team that won the Super Bowl. We thought even going into the 2012 season – that that team was going to to be a legitimate playoff team, and of course it didn't happen. Well, yeah, but you, you you know what? Even when Coughlin won his second Super Bowl, I'm basing it on what he just said, how the the terminology he just said. Right. He expected him to go in and win and win and win. I, I I don't think we didn't feel that way. I'll tell you, the last team we felt was expecting him to go in and win was the year after Coughlin's Super Bowl. When the Plaxico Burris incident Well, that's happened. 28. Yeah, yeah. 2008. But th- that, to me, was the year that, and they were wowing it, doing it, until oh, he got hurt, until he team. shot himself. Great team. Right? I mean, think I about mean, it. I, I thought. Of, in terms of domination, expecting it. I will tell you, when the 2011 playoffs began, I fully expected the Giants to run the table and win, win the Lombardi. And they did. Uh, did I expect it opening day 2011? No, I thought they could be a playoff team, but but once once they got to the playoffs, I knew they'd run the table and and, and win that Super Bowl and 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 get that second trophy for Coughlin. Uh, I don't think I felt that way about the sixteen team. I thought they had a legitimate chance yeah, to go but, and beat the Packers. But, the, not, in, in, not, not, yeah. but I did not believe that that was necessarily team was going to win the Super Bowl. All right, how about Alex's other question? Uh, and by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if. Within a year or two, you're talking about the Giants as a legit contender. I feel that strongly about the young core on this team well, and the about right the ability yeah. of the GM and the coach and the staff to really turn this around quickly. Yeah. Oh, again. His other, his other, his other item. I think. I think it depends on how you want to grade the positions out. Mark Lewinsky, uh, being the starting right guard all season long, has certainly been. You know, and I get it. There are people who are killing this guy out there because he's had some issues in pass protection. I think I have him down for giving up four sacks this year. And I understand that, okay? But when you consider how brutal this offensive line had been for so many years, and he was certainly a very important piece that the Giants have brought in and has been a very big part of the success of Saquon Barkley and his resurgence, you could make a strong case for Glowinski. You could also make a strong case for uh, Jalen Smith, who came in late and has played middle linebacker for this team the second half of the season. And Fabian Moreau, quite frankly, has been functional, and he came off the scrap heap too. I, I, I was going to say uh, Jalen Smith, just in you know what, he's he's picked it up. You know, and I, and I get it. The Giants' rushing defense has not been putting up stellar numbers. I totally understand that. But Jalen Smith has definitely added something to this team, and he was an upgrade over the other guys who were playing on the inside. That's for sure. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 201-939-4513. You are on with Russ and Paul. And let's go to Bloomfield and check in with Bob. Hello, Bob. How you doing? Hey, guys. Good, good. Thanks for having me. Uh, Like everybody else uh, that's calling in, I'm real excited how the Giants are doing. And I've been watching them since the mid-60s you know, since I'm five years old. So the question I had was, you know, you hear a lot about stopping the run and, you know, run, running the ball, big part of football ever since, you know, time was with the sport. But the problem, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but maybe you guys can jump in. They're playing a lot of six and seven defensive backs. And mm-hmm. the, guys look off, the guys look really small to me for the Giants. So, when you go into the playoffs with teams like Philly and Dallas and the Niners, the way they run the football, the Giants are really, in my opinion, you know, and I love the Giants. I've watched them from decade to decade, Harry Carson, Gary Reasons, Pepper Johnson, Antonio Pierce. We were a linebacker university. Um, I haven't seen that in the last 10 years, you know, or so. They haven't really filled that middle spot. And, and the only concern I have going into the playoffs, if we can get there by beating these Colts, but is by playing six and seven D-backs, and when you watch these teams run, they just seem to just be making tackles six, seven yards downfield. They're not filling the way a linebacker should fill. Um, and that would be my only concern going into the playoffs. I love the way they're being coached, the, the physicalness, the toughness, the but it's just a little worrisome to me because that type of approach in the playoffs when the, t- when the game starts to get tight and you've got to run the football, it's going to be hard with six and seven defensive backs to stop a team like the Niners or even a team like Philly, the way they run the football. You know? So what do you guys think of that approach? Like I know they don't have that. Even McFadden, the rookie, he looks undersized to me. You know, a lot of times I see the guard get on him. He can't get off. He can't get off the block, you know, and they're not filling. So the other quick question you can answer is Radarius Williams. He seems awfully, every time he's played, he seems like a pretty talented guy, and Mm -hmm. you never see him anymore. He's buried. Is it because of the tweet? I mean, did the Giants? I mean, maybe I'm. No, no, no. No, because I'm. The Giants, I'll I'll answer both of your questions very, very quickly. Number one, Rodarius Williams has cover corner skills, and you've seen him make plays. There's no doubt about that. But, but the Giants need some more run support from their corners, and that's not his game. 
He is okay. much more of a cover corner than he is a run support corner. And you've already illustrated that the Giants have had trouble containing the run, especially off the edges. Well, with Darius Williams, and I love his ball skills. I like his speed, his attitude. There's a lot to like about him. But they just don't have the luxury of playing a ball skills cover corner when the rest of their defense has not been very stout against the run. Okay? That's, that's the one answer to your, your, your second question. The okay. answer to your first question is simple. They don't have a Diasi, a Reasons, a Pepper Johnson, or a Harry Carson playing interior linebacker on this team. Jalen Smith is the most functional, run-stopping interior linebacker that they have. It is not a big, overpowering unit. Consequently, if you don't have that style of unit, you have to go to the other philosophy, and that is try to win with quickness and athleticism. So out of necessity, and now Beavers had not gotten hurt during, during the summer camp, he would be your starting mid- middle linebacker this year. He hits like a ton of bricks. He's big, he's strong, he's physical. He's out of the mold of a Pepper Johnson type. But he got hurt, and he had to go on IR, and he's lost for the season. He would have been your answer. He would have plugged up a lot of these rushing difficulties that they've had on defense. You're going to have to wait till next year on that. So the Giants are doing what they can to get by. Thank God Jalen Smith was still available and they brought him in. And he helps, but he is not necessarily the overall solution to where you can get away from the philosophy of going with the athleticism and the speed. That's why they've had to do it. Wink Martindale will be the first to tell you the rush defense isn't as good as he wants, and he will also tell you he's had to play a lot more defensive backs because of adjusting the philosophy based on what you have at your disposal. Thanks for the call, Bob. You know, um, every time you mention Beavers, you know, we forget about him. It's a stud. Absolute stud. We we were all excited about the possibility of watching him in training camp. I mean... You know, that's something to look forward to next year. That's something to look forward to. That's, Without a doubt. Yeah, you know, he, he looked like a real keeper. He, he certain, most certainly did. All right, let's take care of a little business before we uh, go back to the phone lines. Giant fans, make sure to go uh, and subscribe to the Giants Huddle Podcast. The podcast features a rapid reaction right after each and every game with one of our analysts. An episode midweek featuring an interview with a national analyst and then a game preview featuring a long-form interview with a current Giants player, an exclusive sit-down with our very own Bob Papa and head coach Brian Dable, and an opponent preview of that week's opponent. So search for Giants Huddle on your favorite podcast platform or listen on the Giants app or at Giants.com slash podcast. 201-939-4513 is the number. Let's get back to the phones, go down to Georgia, and check in with our buddy RJ. RJ, how we doing today? You're on with Russ and Paul. Hey, what's up, uh, fellas? Um, Hi. Yeah, you, yeah, you guys are definitely my guys, and I just want to say happy holidays. Same to you, you, bud. Same I to you. I got you, man. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, and I just have a couple of things. One is that as we are on the brink of the the P word. I won't finish it. <laughs> I, am just, uh, I am just excited about uh, what can occur on Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's been six damn near seven years, and I'm just I'm going to try to relish the moment if and when it happens. Well, are you coming up for the game? 
I am debating. Uh, I don't know if I want to take that 800-mile ride from Georgia, but um, I'm certainly uh, debating about I'm making a decision sooner than later about taking that ride up. For sure. Well, they're talking about mid-50s potentially for weather, a little bit of uh, rain showers early in the morning, but hopefully dry by kickoff. So it should be very mild for a, a January 1st game. I, I will say this. I would hope, and Russ, I'm just going to put it out there. I would hope that after all of the difficult days that Giants fans have had driving home since MetLife Stadium yeah. opened in 2010. <laughs> I mean, it has not been a home field advantage. I'm sorry. It has just right. not worked out that way for this team. I can remember when they beat Dallas in the season finale. It was win and win the division in 2011. And and I remember the place rocking. I mean, in all honesty, I can I can put on one hand the number of celebratory victories the Giants have had since this building opened. You talk about the Jet game with the 99-yard run by Victor Cruz or the run and catch. You talk about the yeah, playoff game against Atlanta, right? You talk about that right. in 2011. You talk about the la- that last game of that regular season against Dallas oh. when they clinched. Maybe you're talking about Eli Manning's game against Miami, which was his final home game. That was, you know, it wasn't a full house that day, but it was very celebratory for Eli. And I right. guess you're talking about two years ago when they beat Dallas in the finale and put themselves in position to make the playoffs until Philly gave away a game, you know, and, and forced the Giants not to make it. Right. That's it. Though, to me, those are the five games that I can recall in this building that really sent the fans into a frenzy. I'd like to believe the sixth game is going to be this Sunday. I think I think when you, you know, Paul and I usually get to the stadium around 10 o'clock. We're, we're usually there about three hours before game time. And right. you, usually the parking lot, RJ, is, you know, pumped up. And you know, a lot of people are partying and barbecuing and all, all set to go. Let me tell you, I will be very surprised if the place is really not rocking with what's at stake this week. It needs to be. Yeah, no, come I, on, I, come I, on, people. I, I mean, let's let's kid, let's not kid ourselves. There's been such a famine, such a drought of big wins in this stadium. These fans need to come out, and they need to rock the building. They need to pack it. They need to rock it. I want to hear the old Yankee Stadium chants of defense. That's what I want to hear this week. Hey, what be- I, want to, I want to hear the old chants of Giant Stadium defense. There you go. Yeah, yeah, what, 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 better, what better way? What better way, uh, RJ, to break in 2023, January 1, with a win over the Colts to get in to the playoffs? That would be that, yeah, that would be. Can I say one more thing? Be- sure, go ahead. And the last thing, and not to cut you guys off, was uh, I just like the way that uh, they played on Sunday in a losing fashion. Yeah. The way they use the way they use Saquon, not only behind the quarterback, but they use him as a slot receiver or a wideout right. for him to get more for him to get more touches. Now I know, I know he can get hurt that way, you know, when he's out there with the DBs. But I just like the way that Kafka and Davo mixed it up, so he had both carries and receiving touches. Actually, I don't think those DBs want to be meeting head up with Saquon when he's got some steam going. <laughs> I think they're the guys more likely to get hurt. I hear you, man. I hear you. All right. <laughs> Thanks, RJ. RJ, if I'm you, Happy New Year. hop in the car. Start the drive now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if I do, I'm coming over to see y'all. All, All right, right my buddy. Man. You be well. Take care, bud.
201-939-4513 is the number. Listen, I mean, if you can't get excited about this and you're a Giants fan, then something's wrong. Then you, you then you got to go to the doctor. What did I tell you? I wish I wish the game was today. I don't even want to wait till Sunday. But, I'm ready to go now. But Paul, you're not normal on the best of days. You want this to is true. I'm, 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 there's I'm nothing right? normal about me, folks. I'm, I I could only have pictured you. Uh, well, once you got home, because you weren't there for. No, yeah, you were there Christmas morning. Although it, it was. We uh, made it back. You, you made it back. Running around in your Dr. Dentons with the big blue on the front and the back uh, and the trap door. No, no, Trust no, me. No, I know no, what I'm no, talking about, no, folks. No, no, 201-939-4513 no. is the number. Let's go down to uh, Florida and check in with Pete. Hello, Pete. You're on with Russ and Paul. Love it, guys. Uh, Happy New Year. You Russ too. Same, same to you. Uh, I can't. Thank you so much. I can't tell you, first of all, this podcast every day is part of my life now. <laughs> I mean, who, whose idea was this? The producer, whatever. What a great idea for us Giant fans. I, I look forward to every day. When I call in, I listen to it later in the day. It's just amazing. Well, you know um, what, what, Pete? We look forward to it as much as you do. So uh, good for you. Appreciate it, man. Thank, Thank you. Absolutely. Um, all right. So my observation, I'm looking for your opinion on this. Um, this game, the only possible way that we can get bad results in this game if we give this lousy offensive team called short fields and the way we do that the way we give them short fields is lose the turnover battle in the special teams we got to give if we get if they get long fields they're not scoring they're just not scoring and if we you know if we give them short fields um through a special team error or a turnover those three-point three field goals are going to add up. Well, you, and, Pete, you make a good point because I will say this. Totally concur. The uh, special teams, uh, especially in the, the punting, needs to be better. Has to be. And we have to win. We, we have to improve in that area. And We can't lose this game if we get that right there. I mean, you know, uh, I think that is so important. I don't see the Colts being able to sustain a long drive on our defense. I really don't. Um, you know, based on what we what we saw Monday night and and where our defense is playing right now. And the other thing is, I hate to do this, but I'm gonna um, assuming that we do win, we are gonna win. Um, it kind, doesn't it kind of look at next week as a bye week because uh, don't do that. Don't you, you, you want to know what Pete and, and I get you? I, I'm, <laughs> Stop I'm not, right there. Yeah, no, well, I'm not trying to be. Well, 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 no, but I, uh, Pete, Pete, listen to me a second. Listen to me a second. Yeah, Paul and yeah. I were talking about it before. We were guilty of it, talking about it to each other, and I don't want to do that. You know what, Pete? Be my guest and call up after okay. you get a witness because you know what? It's everything, <laughs> it's everything that you hear Paul and I say each week. You cannot look ahead. When you look ahead, it bites you right on the keister, for lack I, of a better I term. To, I have to agree with you, Hunter. All right. I so, should have started... I should have started saying my call next week is, you know. That's um, that's yeah. what the call next week will be. But thank you. Anyway, Pete, let's just get the W this week, and then we can have that question to talk about next week. I just don't like doing that, and it would go against everything that Paul and I have said f from the beginning of the season to where we are now. The minute you look ahead, 
it bites you right on the keister. Mm-hmm. Let's go down to Cape Cod and check in with John. Hello, John. You're on with Russ and Paul. Hi, guys. Uh, Happy New Year. You too. Same to you. Love the show. Um, quick comment with the fans. Paul, you're right with the thing with defense. Uh, I'm a I'm a gray beard. I'll call myself a blue beard. Giants blue. I can remember the Giants were the first team in the NFL to introduce their defense. Correct. Back in the 50s at Yankee Stadium. 1956, uh, the yes. chance of defense were, were originated by the Giants fans at Yankee Stadium. That's right. I was there in 58 for the, for the game when they shut down Jim Brown and the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway... Uh, It was exciting watching the Giants against the Vikings, and it reminded me of the year that they played the last game against the Patriots. Different teams, different scenario, but they went toe-to-toe with a very high-scoring offense and and went blow-for-blow with them and lost on a 61-yard field goal. How many times are you going to see that? Uh, They've been just exceptional the coaching the player selection they've well exceeded everybody's expectations from the spring um i'm just wondering paul maybe you know uh, we'll comment on it later they left with bradbury on very good terms you know because of the salary cap mm-hmm. i'm wondering if you know what kind of a contract he signed with the eagles and is it possible that the last conversation with the Giants may have been, hey, get down there, get your deal, and maybe we'll come looking for you next year when the whole cap situation is different? Oh, I, I, I don't think yeah. that happened That happened at all. Uh, in terms of the deal that he signed with, uh, with the Eagles, let's see here. According to Over the Cap, which I, I value their, their information, I think they do a very nice job. Uh, they had Bradbury signing through the uh, 2023 season. Uh, they got him making, uh, let's see here, cap number of uh, 2.2 this year and 4.9 next year. And then, actually, you know, you know what? Oh, my. Yeah, his deal extended all the way to 2026 because they put a lot of voided, voided years on the back end of it. So yeah, that's no. He he's not he's not going to be coming back here. That that that's not going to happen. I I'll say this: the Giants would love to have had Bradbury stay, but they simply couldn't, they couldn't make it do work it. out. That, that was part. Of, that's what we've been talking about, John. Uh, and uh, and he but, understood that. Yeah, by the way, I, he there was no bitterness in it, that parting. It, you hear players say it's the business. Well, you, you know that's what it is. And you know, thanks for the call, John. But but that's exactly what what it is. That there was no. Uh, animosity, anything about that. They would have loved to keep him, and he would have liked to have stayed. It's just we were talking about that with Joe Shane, Earl, about Joe Shane earlier, that he came into a situation, and this is what he had to do. This is what he was dealing with, and so that's that's how it ended, unfortunately. Yeah, I, L- listen, um, for Darius Slayton, who's been a vital part this year, Darius Slayton had to be cut from what was like $2.5 million dollars Salary to like, un like, like nine hundred and twenty-five thousand, so he could stay. It's the business. It wasn't anybody trying to screw anybody. 
That's the cap business. That's the business of the National uh, Football League. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the number. Let's go to our buddy in Delaware, Coach Marv. Hello, Coach. Hey, Russ, Paul. How we doing? Hey, I'm doing okay. I, I didn't plan on calling today, but I just happened to hear you guys talking about uh, home. Someone talking about home field advantage, I think. Yep. And um, and I just gotta agree, Paul. This this is not a home field advantage field. We don't we don't have a home field advantage. The last five years before this season, their home record is twelve. I believe it's twelve and twenty eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it has it has not been pretty, Coach Marvin. And to be honest, no. to be honest. Uh, the fans, and I know Giants fans are, are loyal and they've been around forever, but um, yes. they 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 lost a lot of their their vocal uh, support for this team. I, I, I in all honesty, I just I haven't heard the building rock as much as it needed to on a number of cases, and I think it needs to rock this week. Uh, Wink Martindale and Brian yeah. Dable have been saying it all year that they want the support of the fans. It look, I'm going to tell you something, Coach. All right, because I'm on the road with the team, and often I'm on the sideline for the games when, when they're on the road, I do hear what it's like. I've heard the crowd in Seattle. I've heard the crowd in Minnesota, okay? I've heard the crowd in Washington, even though they don't necessarily have great fan support in Washington because there are a lot of front runners down there. I've heard what those crowds sound like, and I know that they do make a dent in what happens on the field. And and yes, the, the it, folks it, at MetLife Stadium, they need to do a better job. Well, also we need, when I say we, Giants need to give them a reason to be excited. Well, yeah. don't you have enough of a reason? Well, no. Now you do. Uh, that's so exactly, let's hear it. Yeah. Now, yeah. now you do. Let's hear it. Anyway, Bradbury, yep, by the way, making seven and a half million this year from the Eagles. I wanted to just throw that out there and correct that. Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, and 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 uh, the crowd does make a, a difference, and what it does, it brings energy to your team once the crowd is backing you. It's, it's because it's such an emotional game. I always tell people, uh, football, you go through so many emotions in three hours. You can cry, you can laugh, you can be mad, you can be sad, and all these emotions are in the game. So in three hours, how about the emotions in three minutes? <laughs> In particular, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the, this past uh, Saturday, coach, coach. You know, you know, yeah. well, you know what a lot of people don't understand is that it's a physically taxing game. You go through so much physically, emotionally, and mentally yeah. in playing this game. If you can get a shot of adrenaline from your home fans and from your home building, that can sometimes overcome whatever drain or pain that you're feeling on the field. It can help. It, yeah, it does help. It, it, it does help. It, it just energizes. Like I said, it first brings energy to you when people are cheering for you in that manner, where you can really hear it to a point where you can't even hear yourself thinking, but they're cheering for you. And it is draining. The, the game itself is draining. It can be draining and physically draining and mentally draining for the players and more uh, mentally for the coaches. I remember days where it, once uh, that game is over, I, I, I have to go take a nap. I just, it's just hard. I mean, I'm just so exhausted. And the energy, I have no energy to do anything once that game is over because I spent it on the field. So the, the crowd, I believe 
this this does call for people to be excited, uh, but it, it also goes back to rush. You you must do things to get the crowd yeah. going, and, 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 because and, once a, once you do some a turnover. And everybody's got their heads down. Even the person that turned the ball off is walking off kind of with his head down. And that that's just just as the opposite draining. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, my God, we're going through this again. And, and so the negativity starts to come in, and it can be from the team, and it can be from the crowd. Hey, Co- that, you know it, what, though, so- Coach Marvin? I'm going to take the other tact on this because I remember going to games in the old Giants stadium where the crowd would be whooped into a frenzy before the Giants made a play, and they would right. help get that ball rolling. They would start the momentum for the players. And I and I think it's not just incumbent on the team to make plays to give them a reason to yell. I think if your home fans can start the ball rolling, they can be the ones. It's like the egg or the chicken before the egg kind of thing. Yes. What's wrong with the right. fans being whipped into a frenzy to start things off for the players. Well, th- th- what's so bad about I, that? And I could, I could agree with that. But I think in those days, Paul, you, you had somebody like LT that could change the whole game around. Yes, and you did. You keep cheering enough. Yes, you did. His motivation is going to change the whole game in one play. The whole momentum can change in one play. I don't know if we have a player like that other than Barkley. I think Barkley's energy can probably can motivate mm-hmm. him with a mm-hmm. big run. And that can keep them going. But in those days, you know, LT showing up, just walking on the field. I know. Well, I, 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 see, I was, I, I was, th- thanks for the call, Coach, uh, and a happy new year. But you know what? That's the, I, again, LT is. He's different. Th- yeah, he's different. One of a kind. That, that's the unique example. But when you have somebody like that on your team, you're already excited driving into the stadium. So now, but Paul, Paul's right and Coach is right. Folks, Giant fans, those of you who are listening to us right now here on Big Blue Kickoff Live, you have your team at the doorstep of getting into the postseason. Right at the doorstep. If that doesn't get you excited and you call yourselves a diehard Giants fan, then you ain't a diehard Giants fan if that doesn't get you excited. Look, so that's enough the, reason to be the, motivated. If the Colts take the opening kickoff on their first third down opportunity, this crowd should be in a frenzy yeah, yeah. for that defense to spur that defense on. Yep. They should not have to wait for the Giants to take a 3 nothing or 7 nothing no, lead. Good point. Just, just let's get revved up. I mean, I, listen. As I said, Paul and I are driving into the parking lot 9 30, 10 o'clock every Sunday morning. And man, uh, I see the people, you know, all right, have your barbecue, get set. But you know what? Get in there early. Get in there early and get revved up and get, get the crowd, get each other revved up. Let's get going. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three time NBA Six Man of the Year elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 201-939-4513. All right. Well, Alan from D.C. called back, so we're going to put him right back on. Hello, Alan. We had bad connection before. What do you got for us, buddy? Hey, guys. Sorry about that. I guess I was having some technical issues. That's okay. um, Well, let me tell you something. I'm from D.C., and over here uh, I went to the – to the game and the Giants definitely gave us a reason to cheer. I mean, that game was intense and uh, there were a lot of angry Commander fans um, on the way home and I loved every second of it. So <laughs> That's what we a, we need that enthusiasm right here, buddy. Yeah, I was the one Giant with uh, nine other uh, Commanders and I was the only one with a smile on my face. So let me, let me just put it like that. So um, but, you know, I, mean, I wanted to talk about Daniel. And I Go think, um, you know, he's not your fantasy quarterback, but, you know, he's proven that his, his growth. He's he's done what we've asked of him, you know, to, to mature in, in the time he's been here. I know we didn't pick up his 50-year option, um, but I think part of that has to do with um, durability. You know, the future. Yeah. No, durability. I mean, One of the things he had to prove is that he could stay healthy for the full season. Well, you, And he's on his way to doing that. But you also didn't pick up a fifth-year option because, in fairness to Joe Shane and Brian Dable, New administration they need to, need to for see themselves. for themselves. They were mm-hmm. doing their due diligence. I didn't consider it at the time. Neither did Paul. It was not an insult. It was not a damning of saying, no, we don't think he's that good. It was a question of we got to see for ourselves. And as Dable, the, the one thing that Dable said, he said it most recently the other day when when he walked into the building on his first day on his first day Daniel made a good first impression because there was Daniel in a room looking at tape and that's been Daniel's hallmark since since he's here he's a hard-working son of a gun so you know uh but it it's going to be a marriage you know it, it consider it done it's not officially done consider it done what else you got Alan yeah yeah, I mean, and you know, I I agree with you guys. I mean, I think he's done he's done everything we've asked, and 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 I'm without any major weapons now. I think um, I'm a little concerned, like with the Galladay signing. I don't know if you guys know, like his contract. Are we allowed to, you know, get away from him, you know, after this season, or are we kind of stuck with him? Business for a while? Like, wise, business wise. They'll take a very large dead money cap hit if they remove him at the end of the season, but they'll also save a chunk of money because the dead cap hits about $14 million, uh, as opposed to having to pay him about twenty one if he stays on the team. What they will probably do from a business perspective, and I'm, st- I'm not going to speak for Joe Shane, but from a business perspective, if you were looking to move on from him, what you would probably want to do is make him a June 1st cap hit so that you could break up the dead money seven million next year, seven million the year after. That's probably the way you would work it from a from a business and economic perspective. Listen, Alan, I like Kenny. He, I like Kenny he, too. He's a nice young man. It hasn't worked out 
for whatever reason, Paul and I, we don't argue about it. We debate about it. What happened? It's a mystery that we still can't figure out if it's physical, if it's mental, whatever. It's been lost and it hasn't been found. And now we're where we are in the season, in the next to the last game of the regular season, he ain't going to be back. So as Paul said, it's just a matter of working out the nickels and dimes and millions of dollars. Yeah, and I, I feel like I feel like yeah. I mean, he was he was always like to me, he was always like a good receiver in terms of like a fifty-fifty ball, but he was never like, you know, get got open, you know, great, you know. And I think, you know, I think DJ needs somebody like that, like somebody who could get open. Well, like that. well, but Alan, you you want to know what when you 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 mentioned DJ, this is what we were talking about earlier about, you know, how we kind of open up the show with, I'm saying Isaiah Hodgins. You know, all of a sudden, you know, it was the first time I felt that here's a guy. He's also a big guy. He's about like 6'4". He's strong. He, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He can go get it in traffic. He can go up for it. Did you see him extend out to make that great catch? I mean, so to me, all of a sudden, now I'm looking at, you know, going into the rest of the season. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at um, Darius Slayton. Uh, you, you know, as far as Richie James goes, listen, I like Richie a lot. He's done a yeoman's job. They need a receiver, but they, they they need a it's receiver. That simple. L- and they probably could use two. Yeah, you know, R- Richie Robinson ca- will be back. R- R- Richie caught. Uh, um, yeah, we. Yeah, think about it. No Wandell, no Sterling. You know, you know. Yeah, I, Sterling I mean, was a big loss. I mean, you know, you know. Listen, Richie. I really like Richie, and he's done a yeoman's job. But R- Richie's really a return guy. Uh, he, what do he have? Eight catches in the last game, but. You know, he dropped that one in a bread basket, like right in a bread basket for a first down when yeah. he was wide open. Those are the things that can't happen. Those are the things on on very good teams that can't happen. And if you're a very good wide receiver, uh, Alan, that can't happen. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you guys. And, and finally, uh, and I'll leave it with this, you know, I'm going I'm to come up and make as much noise as I can. And, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, other Giant fans do the same because, you know, this is our team and we have a reason to cheer this year. And we haven't had that in a long time. So, um, you know, all the guys in, in Maryland and D.C., like Land and those guys, we're all going to be driving up and we're going to be cheering as much as we can for y'all. But uh, and finally, I just want to ask what you guys' opinion on is how are we going to extend Saquon or are we going to franchise him? I'll take it out off there. Thank you, guys. Oh, I think they'll try to get a new deal with Saquon. They already did bridge the subject with him during the bye week. If, for whatever reason, they can't come to terms, they'll have the franchise tag at their disposal. And and I, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I think they'll sign Jones because they'd like to save the franchise tag for Barkley if they need it. Hopefully, they won't need it. I agree with you. I I think I I think Paul's dead on with that. I I think. They would like to uh, extend, and I think um, Saquon would like to. If they can't, as Paul says, that's the option. They're not going to franchise the quarterback because you franchise a quarterback, it's a, a lot more costly than franchising a running back. I, I mean, especially with the numbers that quarterbacks are making right. now. But I, I think, uh, you know, that my game plan, if I'm the Giants, is both of those guys. Uh, both, as I said before, and I will not take it back. I'll stand by it. They're both going to be back. But with with Saquon, to me, it's a matter of it's either or. With Jones, they're going to work out a deal. With Saquon, it depends what he wants. 
what's going on. Uh, but if not, they can franchise it. That's that's the law. That's the rule of the National Football League. You know, it's just a shame that uh, that Jones has had to operate with such a a uh, a difficult wide receiver room. And with all due respect to those guys, they're playing their butts off. They're giving you everything they've got. But you know, <laughs> let's not kid ourselves. There's no Stephon Diggs in that room. No. You know, I mean, if Stephon Diggs was on the Giants, do you honestly believe that Daniel Jones would only have two 300-yard games this year? Well, well, I don't it, think so. You know you know what? It's, I'm glad you brought it up quickly before we, we have to get going, but I think that's the point to be made. I forget which call. I don't know if it was Allen or wh- whoever it was was saying that. You know, he doesn't give you – and this is what the world has come to. Oh, they, fans, fantasy, fantasy numbers. numbers. That's what well, everybody I, wants. I don't give a rat's ass about Nor fantasy I. numbers. I care about numbers that help you win a game. I'm not Bingo. interested Bingo. In, in, in fantasy pools or this and that. But you'd feel better about them getting into a shootout with somebody or maybe having yeah. to score 30 points to win if he had a dynamic weapon that could help him get there. You you can shoot if you have blanks. the Giants. The you, Giants have to win lower scoring games because they don't have the weaponry on the outside to get into a track meet. You they need, simply don't. You need bullets in your holster. That's it. And, and what so I they've, they've got to win these kinds of games. What I felt that I got to see last week was he had some bullets. I mean, I I, I don't again. I'll repeat myself. Till I'm blue in the face, as Parcells would say, let's not put him in Canton just yet. But I do believe the Giants may have stepped in it with Isaiah Hodgson's. Uh, he has shown me an awful lot. He's shown me that with money on the table, he can make the play. Let him continue doing it. And no better way th- place to continue than at MetLife Stadium this coming Sunday in a win-and-you're-in game against the Indianapolis Colts. That's a wrap on today's Big Blue Kickoff Live. For the man at the controls, Pearson Butler. For Paul Dettino, my buddy, I'm Ross Salzberg. And most importantly to you people out there, thanks for being part of it. A happy and healthy New Year. And let's celebrate this week with a Giants victory over the Indianapolis Colts. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.